going to be reading from Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 22. We will continue with the Christian story. So that's Acts chapter 17, starting at verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed among whom was also were Dionysius, the Aeropagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your creation. Thank you, you are sovereign over your creation. You rule over everything. And everything we have is from you. So thank you, Father. Thank you that we live and breathe and move and have our being in Jesus. But help us, Father, now, as we come to listening to the Christian story, help us to embrace the story which needs to be made known to the world. They need to hear this great Christian story, which we know, Father, it's all about your Son, Jesus, all about his person and works. So, Father, help us, please. Help us to listen. Help us to examine our own hearts to see if we've embraced the Christian story. What story saved us? So, Father, please, give us wisdom to listen. And give us wisdom to become doers of your word, not just mere hearers, and therefore delude ourselves. Help us to embrace the cross. But there the righteous man died for the unrighteous man, 
so that we would become the righteousness of God. Help us, Father, to walk in righteousness, knowing that there is a day when you will judge the world in righteousness by Jesus, Christ Jesus. But thank you now, Father. Thank you again for this morning. Help us to listen and help me to be clear and understood. Pray and ask this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, most of you have been here over the last two weeks. and the last two Sundays, we've been looking at the Christian story from this passage. And we've looked at the first story or the first truth that we need to know about God and that God is the Creator God. That was in verses 24 to 25. And we looked at a second truth that we need to know. And that's the truth about humanity. We see humanity in rebellion, rejecting God. Humanity is caught up in idolatry. No different to what we read here in this passage. So we've looked at two truths. God is the creator God, creation, and humanity as fallen. The fall. We can say those are also two chapters. Creation, the fall. And we're going to continue this morning, Lord willing, to look from the same passage at another two truths. We probably only get through one of them, which again is another chapter. And there's the fourth chapter. If we don't get through it today, we will look at Lord willing next Sunday. But if a quick overview of the four chapters, if you want to tell someone the story, you can sit down, tell them about creation, which is very unpopular today. Tell them about the fall, which is sin, very unpopular today. Then we've got to point them to Christ, redemption. Then we've got to look at the consummation. What's going to happen at the end? There is an end. And that end includes final judgment. That's why there's an urgency to tell the story to the lost world. It's the world's only hope. And it's for us as we live and move in this world, in our workplace, in our homes, in the community, in the malls, wherever we are, we're supposed to be the salt and light. We're supposed to be truth-telling people. So we're going to continue this morning to look at the Christian story. But like I've asked us, do we know what the Christian story is? If you left this church and someone stopped you in the street now and asked you, please, sir, tell me this story that is in the Bible, your story, where would you start and where would you end? How would you start? You don't always have to start with creation because you should, you'll talk to the person, ask him questions, get to know what's in his heart. Jesus said, what comes out of your mouth? Ask him questions and then you meet him where he is and you tell him the story. But here in this beautiful passage, Paul helps us to understand the Christian story. And it's not the secret to salvation, because God saves. But here is a story that we can tell this world. The same quote, again, that I read last week, Paul's message on Mars Hill calls us to repentance, a new life, and challenges us to proclaim our Saviour to others, that they too might enter into life in Him. And that's what we have. We have a Christian story, a story from the Bible about God and His Son Jesus, about life and death. Because verse 31 says, there is a time, there is a fixed day 
on which God will judge the world in righteousness by a man, that is Jesus Christ, whom he has appointed. And we know that this man has been risen from the dead. He's alive and he's going to return. And that proves he's, that he's the judge, that he will return. And we need to know that while we're out there, we should be living godly lives. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles, the unsaved, honourable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. But by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Living godly lives is the most effective tool to tell the Christian story. So we witness by our life, we can witness by our words, but we never witness without the Word of God. There's, there's, you've heard me, there's room to tell people about your testimony, but far too many testimonies point to me, myself, what Christ has done for me, and we never point them to Christ. He said, testify and tell them about these words which are about me, my words, my words. We need to point people to the cross. So will we be truth-telling people? We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have a great story. We have the gospel of Christ, the good news. And it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. It's the power to save. But will we? Go out there, be encouraged to tell the story. Yes, it's a very unpopular story today. The world just wants to silence Christianity altogether because of this whole sexual revolution that's going on. They want to silence. And it's going to come to that. But we need to now go out there and tell the world of the Creator God, who really is the Creator God, that He created man in His image, in His likeness, male and female, man to be male and woman to be female, and come together as husband and wife to procreate. We need to tell the world a story. So let's continue. As we turn now to Acts chapter 17, again we're looking from verses 22 to 34, let us continue with our third truth, or our third chapter. To help us to know what the Christian story is. So that we can faithfully and boldly witness for Christ in this world. God has, hasn't saved us to be quiet, to be silent. He has saved us to be a voice. To be a loving voice. To tell people of, of the hope that is in us. With gentleness and respect. So let's look at our third truth to help us to know what the Christian story is. And the third truth is the truth about repentance. We've already looked at first two truths from 
basically verse 22 up until verse 29. Now verse 30, we enter into our second truth. The truth about repentance. And we see this in verse 30 of Acts chapter 17. Or we can also call this the third chapter, redemption. Because when you repent, you're repenting from something to someone. And that's to God. And the way to God is through Jesus, our Redeemer, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So for true repentance to happen, it means we have to turn, like I said, from sin to God. God grants repentance, not man. And the way to God is through Jesus. Jesus said to us, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. He is the Christ. He is our Redeemer. And Scripture says, He, that is God our Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption comes only by faith in Jesus as our Saviour, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Because there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. The world needs to hear that in love, in respect. We need to be telling this Christian story. We need to look to Jesus for strength and boldness. But we have the power. We receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Not to go move mountains and to do silly things and to outsmart people, but to go with patience, to go with love, go with compassion, go with kindness, go with gentleness, go with faithfulness, go with self-control. That is our power. And go with faith, because we walk by faith and not by sight. So we have to point people to Jesus, our Redeemer, because it's in Him we have and put our faith. We put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Someone said, true faith is shot through with repentance and true repentance is shot through with faith. Faith and repentance are like two sides of a coin. You can't have one without the other. Faith and repentance are birthed together when you see the love and mercy of God for you in Jesus Christ alone. Genuine saving faith must be accompanied by genuine repentance for sin. Most of these evangelists and some of the, the people I've heard go and tell stories. They tell you about Jesus, how much he loves you, that he died on the cross to forgive your sins. Then they tell you to raise your hand, come forward, and they say a prayer. But you don't hear repentance. That is not the gospel if you leave repentance out. Maybe it's a little bit, but that's not the gospel. Repentance needs to be heard. That's why I took you back to the fall. Humanity has fallen. It's rebellious because of sin. A sin came into the world. By one man's disobedience, Adam, the many were made sinners. So that by the one man's righteousness, that is Jesus Christ, the many will be made righteousness. What a beautiful truth to be reminded of. Jesus Christ provides redemption for us. He redeems us out of the bondage of sin. We have been set free from sin and have become slaves of righteousness. 
But God's going to judge the world in righteousness. Are you clothed in Jesus' righteousness? As His righteousness being imputed to you and your sins imputed to Him. When we speak of redemption, the idea of ransom comes to our view, to our mind. And what is ransom? Well, ransom is the price paid to redeem someone from bondage or captivity. Just like if there's a kidnapping and someone's been kidnapped, normally there's a ransom, a price to be paid to free that person from the kidnappers. And Jesus said of himself, For even the Son of Man came, to be, came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He has paid the price for our sins. There on the cross, he suffered death in our place, which is known as the substitutionary sacrifice. This is the full payment for the penalty of sin. There he on the cross, he took our sin and nailed it to the cross. Hebrews 9.26 says, But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The perfect sacrifice. Jesus died as a substitute. He died in our place. The debt we owed God, Jesus paid by dying in our place. We're unworthy. That's why in him was grace. We're unworthy of our salvation. We don't deserve to be called children of God. Because of our sin, what our sin has done. We're dead in our sins. We're rebellious. Or we were before God saved us. But Jesus paid it all by dying in our place. He paid the penalty for sin. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. Again in Peter, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. There on the cross, God accepted Jesus' death as payment in full for our sins and raised him from the dead on the third day as proof of that perfect sacrifice. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus that God has given us a new birth into a living hope. Again, Peter writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why it's so important in our gospel story, in our Christian story, we tell people the truth and we talk about Jesus and the resurrection. If you leave the resurrection out of the gospel story, you don't have a gospel. We don't have a story. This is what you've seen acts. They're always bringing up the resurrection. And therefore they're getting persecuted for that. This is what happened to Paul in Berea and in Macedonia. And now in Athens, he got some verbal persecution. Who does this babbler wish to say? What does this babbler wish to say? He seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities. 
because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they mocked him for that. That's why we need to pray for boldness when we go out and share the story. You don't know what that person opposite you is going to say or do. But if you do it all for the glory of God, you will know where that person is coming from. They're dead in their sins. They don't understand. They're going to say things to upset us and to offend us. We need to know where they're coming from. They're ignorant of the truth. I was once ignorant of the truth. I once mocked people that tried to share the word with me. I once, in colourful language, chased them away. I see God's mercy and grace. He's called me through that same story. If I look back at some of the stories people told me, they weren't really gospel truth. A little bit of Jesus, a little bit of what he's done in their life to make everything look good. That God will come in your life and clean up your marriage, clean up your parenting. Like he's this guru that will come and just make everything right. But to forget that there on the cross, Jesus died to bring us to his Father. For the purpose to glorify him and honor him. We are saved from the wrath to come. There's a final judgment which has been appointed. There's a day fixed. We need to point people to Christ, Jesus, our Redeemer, because in Him alone we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. That's why when we come back to verse 30 of Acts chapter 17, Paul says in verse 30, the time of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. We need to turn from something, which is our sin, to someone. Isn't that how the church of Thessalonica came about? They turned from their idols to the true living God. We read that in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Repentance is turning from sin to God. And how do we get to know God? That's why I told you about redemption. It's through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Because He's the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. And if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, turn from your sin and believe, then you will be saved. And then it's a process of growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a process of working out your salvation in fear and trembling. But we need to know that repentance has to be heard. Because the Christian story is about repentance. It's part of the gospel. And I've said this, we need to repent. Which means we need to turn from sin to God. We need someone to bring us to God. And like I've said, that is Jesus, the Son of Man, our Redeemer. And repentance is not a human work. It's God who grants repentance. It's through preaching faithfully the Word of God. And, and sharing it and witnessing it and telling this Christian story faithfully. Speaking the truth in love. That's why 
we do it for the sake of the elect. We don't know who's chosen. But because you tell someone the story and they don't repent, don't walk away thinking, oh, he's not chosen. You don't know. In five years' time, God could save that person. But you keep praying for them. Keep sharing the message. Keep watering the seed. Don't give up on people. Patience. We need to be so patient with this lost world. God is sovereign over this lost world. He knows what's going on. We need to take them the story and share the gospel of Christ Jesus with them. Share the gospel of truth. Share the gospel of God. But they need to hear repentance. They need to know that their sin has separated from them from God. They're born sinners. They've inherited the sin from Adam. They're in total depravity. And they need to hear a message. And salvation is unto the Lord. And the message is a message that the Holy Spirit can do a work in that person and save them. The Christian story is all about the gospel truth. We need to bring them scripture. We can paraphrase it, but we need to bring them the truth. Point them to the cross. It's a story about God. And God has called us to share the story about His Son as our Saviour and Redeemer. We must call the loss to repentance. And in verse 30 of Acts chapter 17, we read the times of ignorance God overlooked. Well, for centuries, God was patient with man's sin and ignorance. That, that, that does not mean that we're not guilty but only that God held back divine wrath. And in due time, God sent a Saviour, a Redeemer, and now He commands all men to repent for their foolish ways. Repent and turn to Jesus, because it's through Him we get to know the true living God as our Father. That's why in, um, in Galatians, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Salvation is according to God's will and it's through Jesus who gave himself for our sins. He's our Redeemer. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And he, the righteous, died for the unrighteous to bring us to, to our God and Father. It's through him we know God as our Father, to whom the glory forever is due. We are saved to glorify God. We are saved to glorify God and enjoy him. And one way we show that we honour and glorify God is through telling the Christian story. Go back and listen to the second sermon on the second of the ninth was the first part of the christian story on the ninth was the second part of the christian story and today is the third part of the christian story go listen to creation again go listen to the fall again and see how redemption comes in we're dead in our sins 
We're dead in our sins. And, and, and Scripture tells us that. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. That's how we once walked. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then in Titus you read, For the grace of God has appeared. There again, Jesus was grace and truth. When he appeared, grace appeared. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. And then verse 14, He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people, for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us, for us to have redemption, to be redeemed from the, the, the um, bondage of sin. Christian story is about redemption. But it's also the story about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So will we add this third truth to our story? Will we get to know the story, creation, the fall, redemption, and make it known to the world? And the reason why we need to repent, the reason why this third truth to repent is so important and so urgent for us to tell the world, because of verse 31, there is a day, a day that has been fixed, a fixed day on which God will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And we'll look at that, Lord willing, next Sunday. And then it's too late to repent. When you die, and you have not been born again, it's too late to repent. There's no thing as purgatory, no thing as waiting. You die, you basically go to hell. But if you have eternal life, your spirit goes and spends eternity in heaven until Christ returns rejoicing. There is an urgency. There's two ways to live. God's way and man's way. God's way is heaven, man's way is hell. We have to speak this truth in love. People need to know that. You can't tiptoe around eternal life and eternal death. Heaven and hell. But we need to do it with respect and love. You don't go and put things on Facebook and say, if you don't repent, you homosexual, you go to hell. That is not how God has called us to, to witness to the world. He's given us a message to sit down with someone face to face and in love, tell them the story. That man might not go to hell. He could repent three days later and he goes to heaven. But you've told him. We're telling the world a wrong story. We know there is some truth in that. God says, I will judge those outside the world. You will judge those in the church. We forget about actually pointing out sin in our own lives, but we keep telling the world what to do. 
If you want to tell the world what to do, and I really mean this, if you want to tell the world what to do, live the Christian life in a godly way. That they will see your light and shine your light into the lives of the unlost. Maybe they will ask you for the hope that is in you. And you can tell them this truth in love and respect and gentleness. We, we are supposed to live godly lives. Godly Christians. We will repel people and we will attract people. Because it all belongs to the sovereign God. Who he draws and who he pushes away. But if you want to make a difference and influence this world, live the Christian life in a godly way. Shine for Jesus. Let your patience shine. Let your self-control shine. Let your kindness shine. Let your love shine. Let these things shine. One of the most compelling testimonies a Christian can give is that of a righteous, holy, self-giving, godly life. Then people will start listening to us. We cannot be silent. God has not saved us to, to do nothing and say nothing. God is in the process of changing our hearts, changing us into godliness, which is great gain for the future life and for those around you. Because you'll bear fruit and they will see your good work. But let's look to the cross. And let's see there Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins. Yes, to bring us to our Father. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. The righteous man died for the unrighteous to bring us to God his Father so that we would not be silent. That we would be transformed. And allow God's word to transform us more into Christ-likeness so we can be that light. And we can tell that Christian story. Creation, the fall, redemption, and the consummation, all the restoration. But we need to know in that story that there is redemption in Christ. You need to look to Him. You need to repent, turn from sin, turn from your idols, and start worshipping the true living God through Jesus. Because He said, I'm the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Will we tell people about our Redeemer, that in Him we have redemption? The forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your word. But forgive us, Father. Forgive me. There are times we, we don't always shine for it. We don't always live for it. We don't always revere your name through it. We don't hallow your name through it. Forgive us, Father. But help us, Father. Give us the wisdom to not be ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation. And you say, we don't. You've just asked us, Father, to take a story and share it with the world and leave salvation up to you. So give us wisdom, Father, to do that, please. Help us to tell this Christian story in a way that brings you great glory and honour so you, Holy Spirit, can do the work of salvation, save people. Take what is in disorder, in chaos, and bring order into that person's life through salvation. You can create in them a new heart, a clean heart, a heart of flesh, to walk in newness of life. Help us, Father. Please give us all wisdom to guard this door, to be challenged, to know that we have a beautiful Christian story to tell the world. All about creation, the fall, redemption, 
and the consummation. Father, please forgive us. Help us. We need your wisdom. We need your words. But thank you you've given us the help of the Holy Spirit to give us the power, to give us the love, to tell the truth about Christ, our Redeemer, our Saviour, and our Lord. Have mercy upon us, Father. Praying us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen.